What's up, long players? Welcome to the Long Play Listening Party, the show where we go deep on local music, writing, recording, inspiration, gear, whatever else sounds good to us. I'm Howie Howard from Mr. Furious Records. We've got the whole crew here. Nate, what's up? What's up, everyone? Roy Simon, how you feeling? I'm feeling great. And welcome our guest tonight, Nesby, to talk about With Flying Colors. How's it going, Nez? Oh, fantastic, man. Just check, check, check in this mic real quick. One, two, one, two. Okay, cool. We're a little hot. I... No worries. Keep rolling. Uh, you're joining us from San Francisco, but you've got Lawrence Connections. Uh, that's true. I uh, I hail from Kansas. Manhattan, that's where I grew up. I've, I spent my 20s in Lawrence, fortunately. And um, yeah, I moved there like, for college when I was like 18 in night in 1999 I want to say or 2000 I, I guess it was probably more like late 99 but yeah and I spent like 10 years or so there and then moved out to Cali like 2011 ish and when'd you start um, yeah, making my, music uh I've been making music my whole life I, I started out playing drums when I was like you know old enough to hold some spoons or whatever <laughs> and I, I progressed into actually getting drums when I was young my parents were like always really supportive like I I had a piano in my house growing up so I was lucky to just always be around instruments like my parents were really musical people both played instruments so so yeah man always around music that was the vibe in my house just hella vinyl <laughs> all the time <laughs> It's a funny story. I uh, actually lived, when I was in college, I lived with your brother, Al, and he would always, oh, yeah, talk, yeah. He would always talk about, because uh, I think you were in high, high school at the time, and he uh-huh. was always talking about how all the music that you were making. Oh, stuff. yeah, dude. In high school was was the most fun, or, you know, the 20s, when we were in our 20s. But, yeah, I grew up with Isaac deal he was yeah like, yeah yeah just, he was he, he was my neighbor when we were like barely old enough to talk and so i've known him my whole life and like then like throughout the years just like you know kind of like knew of him and then when we re-emerged as like friends it was like middle school because all of the kids that were like in seventh and eighth grade all were in the same building and so like him and all my friends were older than me but once we like got in the same school, we, it was on. We just that's like all we did was just like started like putting it together. That I I made I started making beats like getting drum machines and shit, and we just kind of added it up. And we're like, all right, well, he's he was always like a sick lyricist, like always writing poetry. Like our whole lives, he was a writer. So, but it just kind of like naturally worked like that. You know, how it does sometimes like I was just lucky to be. Here like able to know someone like to bounce ideas off of at that young of an age you know it was, it was a special thing but but yeah man and then so yeah from like I was playing drums up until I started finding out about electronic music like how they started like hip-hop was a big influence and just trying to figure out how they made those beats and then I was getting into like drum and bass and shit at this around the same time because one of my best friend's brothers was like really into the shit happening like 90s early 90s and that was like a whole different electronic 
like elements and i was like how the fuck are they making these beats you know like what is this like, <laughs> is it like computers is it samplers and i eventually i figured it out but it took me a you know high school basically we were just like how the fuck you know just experimenting <laughs> just with different what scent shit. did you have did you have a scent at the time uh well originally i had like a dr5 boss like drum machine okay and then i lucked out and got like hooked up one of my homies adrew the misfit shout out adrew uh he's a sick mc beat maker and he at the time had this like in sonic keyboard when yeah. we were like so sophomores in high school or something he was like dude like i know you're trying to get into sampling and beats and this is this thing is is like sick but i just need to sell it and so he hooked he, he like hooked me up and that's rest is history like in sonic you know that's what i made all this shit on was like an asr 10 yeah like in sonic changed my life so that's super yeah cool. in sonic man that was the shit EPS 16 plus was like my first keyboard sampler and then I made all this shit on an ASR 10 like keyboard version but uh but yeah so, so we'll probably jump back and forth in time a little bit but you know tell us a little bit more about this album that we're uh, starting to hear right now with flying colors yeah yeah sorry I'm gonna turn my Speakers down, headphones up. Okay, cool. Um, yes, connection. Okay, say that again. I was just asking, you know, we started kind of going all the way back, and we'll probably jump back and forth in time, but tell us a little yeah. bit about this album with Flying Colors. Okay, um, well, it was just like one of those Lawrence situations where I was like I was like friends with like our friend David Jarrett like he was he was like the dude that kind of like helped me bring this album to fruition uh, Jarrett Fulton like he owned this place mixtape sound labs mixtape meditation was his like brand and um, basically like we started playing music together through like the band archetype that me and Isaac started and and then like during that time I was writing all these love songs and didn't really know how to like how to express it like I wasn't really a singer you know I was more like a MC lyricist beat maker and um, and he just like kind of gave me like I just experimented a lot in my bedroom with different like vocal stylings and shit but um, I think it was just like a lot of the stuff that me and him and like Isaac and that crew like Nate you were around and like just like the Radiohead like kind of like Bjork era of like yeah. it's like we're like trip hop and rock and like hip hop and and like like electronic was all like kind of coming together at that time like in the late 90s and to early 2000s is kind of when I started like experimenting with vocal styles but like 2000 it was like probably like mid 2000s when we were start, like I started kind of fucking with singing and I was like making all these beats that we couldn't really rap to and I was just like well fuck I'm just gonna like sing over this shit you know so it was just like emotionally whatever I was going through with like my girlfriend at the time and 
whatever other shit, like being like a young 20 year old kid, it's like, I need to emote this shit somehow, so I'll just figure out some of these more experimental beats, kind of like inspired by like a Bjork type Radiohead kind of vibe, like we were just like experimenting a lot, like I was at that time starting this other band, like aside from Archetype, we were, we were like experimenting with this thing called Blackout Gorgeous. Blackout oh, Gorgeous yeah. was, that was like another band from like the mid 2000s that just we never really got like our time to shine like we did a bunch of shows and shit and like Nate played with us probably a few times like Jarrett from Archetype was our drummer for a minute and like so that really also like helped kick me into like vocal singing gear I guess because those I was the lead singer of that band was this like opera singer named Erin Keller and she was like in the Kansas City Chorale and she was just like just sick ass singer like classically trained and so I learned a lot just being in that band and like singing next to her was like it just really like something to behold because she was so she was so powerful in her vocal range and I was just like being in that band was like damn I can I can sing you know like <laughs> I was always like singing backups and shit I was like fuck it like I might as well just start trying to experiment you know with some of this the shit that we were doing like at that time so I was kind of just doing taking it into my own realm you know it was just this was just like that early like fucking experimentation phase you know it's like how do I how do I get these feelings out like in like a cool way you know <laughs> like some things like I guess like in hip-hop there's a very much like bravado vibe and and that's fine like hip-hop was like born from the parks and born from like battles and shit and like in my 20s I just had like we all do we had like all these different emotions going on and I was just like trying to figure out how to emote like through music and like kind of put people in maybe make them understand or like maybe I could like help them through some shit because I, I was like dealing with a bunch of you know just like young love kind of stuff so like I guess it just came out that way you know and in my memory is uh, very hazy um, especially like that far back around that time but what? You were you were doing the DJ not a DJ shit at that time. Oh yeah, of course. That, yeah, that course. was another band that really inspired me. Like you and Jarrett and Dash's shit, because you know you guys were doing more of the electronic um, like dubs or not. That was not dubstep. That was like drum and bass vibes and like like pre dubstep, but like basically like it was just like the sickest live electronic shit I'd ever heard, and that kind of made me think how I was making beats too because I was like these guys are doing like 160 BPM like live shit I was like what the <laughs> fuck like, I was well, like I was like you know like well, how do I how do I produce that how do I make something like that like as like a producer DJ like I, we were just lucky surrounded by so many different really talented uh, versatile musicians that were like producing all these different styles that so kind of opened my brain like not like breaking out of genres you know I grew up such like a hip-hop head I was like oh, fuck that fuck this but then like 
in my 20s I was like oh it's all the same shit it's all just like it all just comes from like black you know history like American black music like that's what it was that I was tapping into at a young age like my dad and my mom both had like amazing records and like once I started realizing like it's all the same shit it all just comes from like like struggle and strife in America <laughs> like I was like oh shit it doesn't really matter you can't really put a fucking label on music that's just something people do to like sell it you know <laughs> like it's just like, it's, there's no real like genres it's all just like it's all comes from like modern America struggle yeah, I was just gonna say that this, the singing on, it, you know, it's primarily like you singing, and yeah. I, I, you know, remember that being, uh, you know, what people knew you for, like primarily. Yeah, that's true. I, I was, I was known as like the beat maker rapper from Archetype, and that was before. I mean, that was like, I guess, right when. We started uh, like kind of melding the live in with, because me and Isaac used to just perform the two of us. Like I would have like my Insonic ASR playing beats off that and like off mixing it with like a CD player. So like there'd never be any like dead time, but like we were just like a hip hop duo and then got Jarrett and some other people involved and we're like starting to get into live shit. And that's kind of when I started experimenting with like different vocal stylings like we had well yeah so many... dude I, 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 I fucking love it man. thanks yeah no one even knew we were making this shit it, we were just doing it on the side like at night we would go in there and just come up with this right know, I'd, have, I'd yeah. have like a beat and like a rough lyrical idea and then Jarrett would have his input and we would just kind of go from there or I would have like recorded the whole song and then I'd take it to him at night we would just like like kind of like flush it out and he would add his two cents on whatever like he plays every instrument too so we would just kind of like bounce ideas around and for I, I would have vocals already recorded and then he'd be like dude do this and we'd redo it at the studio on like way sicker mics, you know. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like this, this, this is some crazy shit. These drums. Oh yeah, yeah. He did, he did this like kind of in response to what I had this weird sample drum that you can kind of hear in the beginning. Yeah. And I, it's like got this offbeat kind of thing, like a flam kind of. It was just like this kind of like fuck this. It's all about like war at the time, like uh, in the mid like to the, or the Bush era, I guess. Which it always applies because yeah. we're fucking, you know, we're just a society that's always fucking fucking over poor people and shit. So it always it's, it's crazy to listen to because it always kind of still all this shit rings true now and it did then. And it, time in between when, it, when we made it and when it came out like, that's kind of crazy it's like all still kind of relevant like we're still in this fucking weird fucked up war and shit it's like what the fuck 
but anyway, that's this song was like one of the more dark, serious songs. But it, it all stemmed from this beat that I made. That was all backwards. Like I flipped all the samples around, and uh, it's all like in reverse. So the song is cool because. Like at the time, I was like watching a lot of David Lynch, and he did a lot of reverse, like mm. filming. You know, he would like chop shit backwards, and or he would film it, like, and flip the film around, and it'd be in reverse. <laughs> like when you watched it, and then like the audio, he would like match. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but basically, like I I went through for that song, and I matched all the backwards notes. Like I flipped the uh, sample back forward, and I. Learned them forward, and then I and then I flipped it back around, and I learned them backwards, and so I layered it like with backwards vocals and like forwards vocals with the same like notes. It was fucked up, but like <laughs> we were just doing weird shit with that like time and and like because that was like when you could really fuck with reversing and chopping. Like we were just learning like or person me personally like I just started getting a computer shit and I was like oh my god I can do like I could do like some David Lynch shit so I fucking I learned like all the harmonies like backwards and then like flipped it and learned all the syllables so in the beginning of that last one it says uh, living nightmare backwards I like learned how to say the syllables backwards and then flipped it around so like it actually sounds kind of like it's saying living nightmare that's like the name of the song anyway that was just like some nerd shit I was like how do I do that David Lynch shit where he talks backwards and it's, it's like trippy but he, he talks about it in some of his like, some of his like documentary series but <laughs> um, I was like way into Lynch at that time <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that, that, that was so cool that came from <laughs> but, uh, but yeah man we are on some shit <laughs> This is the one you're on, Nate. This is one of my favorites from this oh, record. This one. She's like coming it's still like on that dark vibe. But yeah. Uh, this, this is uh, Kamikaze. Kamikaze, yeah. Yeah, this one was this was like full on like breakup song, but I wanted it I still wanted it to like bump, you know. I wanted to be able to kind of feel it like, like it's Nine Inch Nails track and you know, I wanted it to just be like fucking dagger in the heart <laughs> so and like yeah I was probably listening to a lot of like Nine Inch Nails and shit like that at the time so I could see that but, but yeah was, I like all your pretty keys that you added super, it makes it it makes it all like whimsical even though it's like super like, kind of like sinister sounding <laughs> yeah, kamikaze, kamikaze, come and blow you away. Uh, spirit wind, which is what kamikaze. Kamikaze means spirit wind in Japanese, and it's like it's just all about like karma. Actually, when I wrote it, I wrote it kamikaze because it was all about like how you treat people, you know, like. Uh, it was it was like I was like having like self-reflection like damn did, was I okay did I do that okay or you know just like when you're learning how to like 
fucking navigate relationships and shit. <laughs> like, as a as a kid, I was like, did I fuck that person over? I don't know. But, I mean, I probably I probably did. Like I, I was just like a dumb ass, like fucking kid. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. So I apologize to all my exes. I swear I'm a better person now. <laughs> but, uh, this song was like definitely like the darkest like, of the shit I was writing. I was just like full on like heartbroken, you know. <laughs> but yeah, that's what that's what it all that's what it's all about. You know, just like living and learning. I learned so much from recording these records. I guess that's I've never really. Yeah, you that. have uh, you have a list of all the players on the record. Yeah, there's so many. The I think the only one on this song. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, there's generally like. Uh, well, there's. Okay. Um, yeah, so that gives you an idea of some of the live stuff that was played. I was going to ask about that. So that, yeah, I mean, like Dash and you, yeah. you're on this song, Jarrett's on a lot of the shit. He plays like on a lot of drums and guitar parts and shit, just like filling right. ambient stuff. And then, like, dude, between the two records, Cool Fire Control and this one with Flying Color, but we kind of made it all at the same time. And all of this is like 2005 ish? Uh, I guess it'll be a little later. Like, I was 20 something. I was probably like. 2000. Yeah, it was probably like 2006 to like 2008 or something. That when we were like mixtape, like making a bunch of archetype shit. We were playing all these archetype shows at the same time, playing all these blackout gorgeous shows. And in between, I was me and Jarrett were recording all this shit just for fun because he just got he just got all his studio shit set up we were like let's just make so we were just making as much music as we could like we did a bunch of remixes at the time and um we were just like fuck it let's just keep recording so we were just experimenting you know at the time he had all this space and like all the time we had all the time in the fucking world like yeah it's not like now like we were like 20 and he had a fucking we had our dream and he had just got this fucking sick space so we were just like let's go like every night we're just down there like (laughs) just like fucking making weird shit you know so that's what pretty much this was all just like experimental like lyricism like okay i'm not gonna rap this shit so how the fuck can we pull this shit off and make it sound there's sick, a lot of, there, there there there's stuff you can record play uh made at his place man so what, what was his place like like what was the gear uh, what was mix, the setup oh mixtape was like upstairs above the bottleneck downtown lawrence so it was centrally located like in this perfect space where we could go to after the bars like it was literally right across the street from the tap room like 8th street tap room and like like right upstairs from the bottleneck so like if we weren't watching a show at one of the two places like you know we'd just be an earshot away and then we'd like 
after the bars or after whatever shows, we would just come back there and just like record, you know, like every fucking, I felt like it was like every night or like every other night. We'd just be, we'd just be up there. So it was just one of those. What was really... the setup of the gear though, like in the room? Oh shit. Um, let's say, Dude, I, this like is where we need, that like, this is where, that like we, we need Jarrett for this conversation about yeah. like, oh, okay. technical <laughs> shit. But um, but yeah, What's he no, no he's worries. the one that actually like spent his money and invested in the gear. It was like an SSL or some really really nice. It was a Trident. Game. I think it was a Trident console. Oh yeah, it's Trident. Con- I was thinking yeah, it was an yeah, SSL. Uh, but yeah. It was a, it was a trident, which was and that's that's like as technical as I'm gonna get right now. That's but. like what the fucking. <laughs> well, that's like what. The but, but it was legit, man. It was it was a dude. It was it was a legit lot of space. a lot of really really amazing records have been made yeah. on that board on that specific board, and, but on tridents in general, and uh, but yeah, we, he just had like the sickest setup, and it was like an upstairs kind of like attic space, but. Like it was so long, like it didn't really feel claustrophobic. It was just oh, like a, tight. it was like the whole, like width of the block basically. It was like this wow. long ass building that went all the way back to the alley, and uh, it was just like a magical little place. He had like a B and an A studio, and there was like a kitchen up there, and like he had it all like acoustic. Like the acoustics were sick in there. Like he spent a lot of time like him and like all the engineers like Ben and Aaron and all the cats that were working up there as engineers really you know helped dial it all in and it was just like a it just sounded great like they had like the sickest monitor situation like they had the, the Yamaha like the white Yamahas and then they uh, had like NS10s uh, yeah the NS10s mm-hmm. and they had a t- you know a couple of different uh, like three different monitor systems so we could we could like flash it too because we were above a venue like there was nothing around <laughs> like it was so sick you know we were just like lucky as fuck like just, yeah that's some they, they had some decent hardware too that yeah Jared that's, would have that's to, like where we would be able to tell you what it was too. but like we'd be like and it was re- yeah rehearsal man. space for like every band like did you not dj archetype blackout gorgeous like everyone we knew practiced up there <laughs> like it was like and so there it was always sick musicians everywhere like we'll just grab someone like dude come play this fucking guitar part <laughs> like, <you> know, like, <laughs> like we need like we need your licks you know grab someone from the bottleneck just like bring them upstairs <laughs> That's uh, i remember like we had cliff at the time he was the um he was the uh Yeah, I was gonna was say. The, uh, uh, but yeah, he was. This the song is super dope, man. But yeah, we had people like the Flaming Lips drummer was our homie. He like came up there one night and we had like a drum off. It was like him and Dash and Jarrett, and I was just like, they're all like amazing drummers and <laughs> like shit like that would go off like after shows and be like, oh fucking whatever, like Tech Time just stop by, you know, like say what's up and see what's going on. Like, just <laughs> cool shit, you know, like Tech Nine. I I remember came by. He was just like had a show at the at the Granada, and he's like, oh, I want to check you guys out. Like I heard you guys are doing cool shit. And, uh, him and Chris Calico, and maybe like one other dude. 
came up, like, I think we smoked with Chris Calico, maybe, and then and they just rolled out, and then we went to the, the tap room, and just, like, we were, like, ordered, we were just, like, that was cool as fuck, let's go, like, have a beer and talk, that was crazy, like, they just stopped by randomly, and, uh, and then, uh, we were, like, I was, like, like, approached, like, put me on the, like, the Tech Nine shit early on, and I was, like, Dude, that's crazy. They just stopped by. That's so rad. They like heard about it and came up there. And then uh, we got to the bar, and Jarrett was like, Nez, are you fucking with me? And I was like, What? What are you telling me? He's like, Dude, did you just put a bill, like, did you put a hundo in my pocket? And I was like, No, I don't have a hundred dollars to give you. Like, what are you saying? He was like, Dude, I'm pretty sure Tech Nine just slid me a fucking a hundo in my pocket like when we were like giving daps I was like shut the fuck up I mean cause that dude's been paid like he's been a millionaire since we were kids he, uh, he's, he's like the biggest hustler I know and that's saying a lot talking to this diamond here dude, like that motherfucker <laughs> but that fool gave Jerry I swear to god I'm not making this up he slid him a hundred dollar bill somehow and we got to the bar and Jared was like, fuck it, drink selfie. <laughs> like, like, Tech Nine just like sprinkled us. He was like, I like what you guys are doing up here. And just bounced to his show. We were like, what? Get out of here, that's sick. <laughs> but yeah, I think we were recording this shit. When that happened. <laughs> but yeah, back to the music though, man. This song. It was like just about like a mushroom trip that I had with my, my best girlfriend at the time. We just like we're just like she lived in this cool part at East Lawrence and like we had taken some shrooms and we're just like exploring like the parks over there, like in the middle of the night. Like no one was around and we were just like tripping our asses off and it was like the first time we'd ever tripped and we, we like I wrote like a few songs about that night because we, we came across this like ravine and there was like this like kind of like ditch like water gutter type situation like along this like forested part of East Lawrence and now there's like a trail there. I don't even think the gutter like the ravine thing's there anymore but dude there was like I swear to god there was like hundreds of thousands of lightning bugs it was like in the middle of summer <laughs> and it was like they must have been spawning or something and, and like we were tr like peeking and this we like came across this bridge and there was like it was just lightning bugs for as far as you could see we were like holy fucking shit you know like it was just one of those <laughs> moments that never that's like a once in a lifetime thing and we happened to be like tripping our faces off and um Shout out to Brooke Viella. What's up, babe? Um, but yeah, that, I wrote a bunch of songs about her and like about that moment specifically because this was one of them. But yeah, it's like I was like super in love with her and we like had the coolest night, which turned into like a fucked up night. But I didn't write any about thing about that. Like some dudes, like some creepy dudes, like were like like maybe chasing us or maybe we were just like tripping but like, <laughs> we, like, we swore we were like being followed by these like creepos that were coming from like the fucking from like the strip club out there like East Lawrence uh, what, was that, what was that strip club out there um, 
the outhouse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that shit's still there, but... Yeah, they used to have a strip club out in like a cornfield. Not open well, right now. It's probably way out. Yeah, but way out <laughs> East Lawrence, there was this building where there's a strip club, and I never actually went to the club. But before it was a strip club, it used to be a, mi- a music venue like back in like the 80s, and all these like epic bands played there and shit. And uh, it's actually like there's like a documentary about it. And, Nirvana played there, all these crazy like punk rock bands played there. But, uh, but yeah, there was always like weirdos coming from that weird highway. It was like a tiny little dirt road that went up. It was creepy, but yeah, like, <laughs> it, it, was, it fucked our night up. But like the good part of the night. You know, it's an alternate like, album title right there. That shit. Like, before the fucking hillbillies had ruined our high. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but dude, yeah, this one Jarrett or no uh, Dash played drums on, or no Dash played bass on it. Maybe Jarrett played drums, or maybe Dash played drums too. I can't remember, but it's all a blur. But yeah, Uh, so we just I never. Pedal steel was Jeff Jackson. Oh yeah, the pedal steel. Backing vocals by Adrian Delanda. No, that's on the different track, but that song has uh, Ryan Wirtz on guitar. He was the... Oh, was, he, which track was that? Ryan, uh, that was Madam Butterfly. He plays on like, oh, a bunch okay. of stuff. Um, yeah, shout out Ryan Wirtz. He was the one that kind of like... I was. I started that band... We're, we started that shit together with him and his cousin and uh, our, our friend uh, Aaron Keller and then... Like it kind of spawned into this album because I was writing all these other songs and Tim and Aaron wrote the songs mostly for that shit. So anyway, me and Ryan, like he plays on a lot of these songs, um, but he plays like he's a wicked guitarist. <laughs> but yeah, Dree Dree's on this one. Dree sings yeah. ba- backups on this. This was a this was this, this was a Mama Cast sample originally. Like the I can't follow you Like that's all I don't know that thing And then I have Jeff Jeff play the Play some pedal steel on it Made it even more pretty <laughs> That's really nice was, When was this mixed? Um, I mean, we put this out or like initially we finished it probably probably around the same time we put out the archetype second album for them so it was like 2007 or something probably like finished it Um, I want to say like most of the final mixes were like Done like 2007 or 2008, even something like that. But we kind of, it was just something we were kind of sitting on. Like, I was like, I don't, like, we already accomplished making all this shit. It was just part of like the recording, figuring that studio out, and just like working through some like emotions and stuff. And then I was like, dude, it's, it's so personal. Like, Jarrett was always, like, pushing me to put it out. And I was just like, I don't know. It's like, it 
that's like my diary basically i don't, I don't really <laughs> feel comfortable like releasing it it took me a while to be like actually like looking back it's really cool like i'd, I'd want to listen to this if i haven't heard it i'd be like oh i'd still like it you know so i was like fuck it we should just put it out just like ourselves so i yeah i just like just did it solo just got it all together got all the artwork but for a while, I was just like, I don't know, maybe I'll just be like a some heads shit you can listen to on my SoundCloud or something. But I'm glad I put it out. I'm glad I got it out there eventually. It like, still sounds up to date. Like, we were, we were like in a zone, you know? <laughs> oh, man. It, yeah, you, cause you can't tell, I don't think. It, when it was, was recorded. <laughs> yeah. It's really, I mean, a lot of, a lot of artists, I think, sort of like to imagine they're outside of genre and things. And I, I actually find genre kind of helpful in a lot of ways. I, yeah, but, sure. but I don't know this what album, this would be though. You I'm have a, sure like a real claim to, I have no idea what genre this is. Like this really is a rare album that meets that claim of like this is outside of genre i have no idea what this is it's delightful i love it <laughs> but it doesn't fit anywhere that's and cool, it, yeah. it really truly doesn't and that's rare that's really hard to hard to find it's very cool huh really dude appreciate that that means so much to me because i i strive for that just like it just it's just human you know it's just human really it's just like i'm trying to tap into that like just that guttural just that heartfelt shit everyone feels like heartbreak and everyone feels loss and all you know it's like how do you convey it? even it's like a lot of lyrical poetry that's more just specifically like it might just be like some inside shit that no one else will even comprehend but you can still feel what i'm feeling like through the through the vibe of the the melody and harmonies and it's just like it could be lyricless and still that's what I'm trying to get across is like it could be instrumental and still get like across the same feelings you know like like lucky for me I'm like I'm, I'm a like okay singer so, and like I think I'm a pretty good lyricist so I just like if you want to dive into the lyrics like I can but I think it's more just like a it's more of a vibe you know like it's just like I think it's just like this like it's just this guttural thing <laughs> but yeah it's basically just like like heartbreak music for the most part <laughs> but like it was the challenge was like all right how do we make like this a heartbreaking shit like feel upbeat you know sometimes we'll make it like feel like a dance song but it'll be like still talking about like like the loss of your lover or some shit but it'll be like feel good like heart heartache music like it's like it's just break it's basically breakup music like get through some shit <laughs> like get through a loss it doesn't have to be like a lover it could be like a friend or whatever but just trying to get through some loss i think that's what it was initially <laughs> So yeah, this this was one of the first ones that I did just on my own. I just kind of wrote all these piano parts and stuff. And it was like stalemate. I was it was like a it was like right when I 
split up with my girlfriend and I was just like, stalemate was how I was feeling. I was like, damn, that's a stalemate. <laughs> Fuck. Like, nowhere to go. <laughs> but then I think Jarrett introduced me to um, uh, Reason at the time. That's this part right here. Is, it's like right before it gets out of this lyrical part. I bust into this crazy ass reason shit that Jarrett kind of taught me how to use reason and I, we like fucked up this bass just little drop and it's like on a real system dude it bangs <laughs> right here freak out mode <laughs> well this is ASR 10 drums but then it comes in right here with the play this or re or Jared played the reason part but we're, we like recorded it all and then edited it so we chopped up our own like reason freak out you know <laughs> I need to get back into reason though I love that program and, shit's so, uh, so fun. Jarrett was the one that like put me I on started that. out. I was like, the, you can just like plug like analog style, like plug this. Yeah, I got it from Jarrett. It was, <laughs> it was rearranged shit. It was three, shit. and like I so did a funny. lot of shit in Reason Three, and I had it for a long time, and then I didn't have it. I stopped using it, and for a while, and I think the next version that was available at the time was six. So I bought okay, Reason yeah. 6, and, like, I was completely lost. <laughs> so I sent it back and, like, kept using what I was using at the time. I can't remember what it was. Pro Tools, I think. Yeah. But. Yeah, I, I need to get that again now. <laughs> I got it for free for, like, a month and got all my old stuff back. <laughs> like, uh, bounced it down, everything, <laughs> while it was free. It was, like, unlimited free version for th 30 days, I think. Oh, nice. and, uh, what one are they on now? Like 11 or some shit? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I need to get Reason again. That's like that's like the one I miss. I'm like, from those days, like Jarrett had like every DAW. He had like everything and we just experiment. Like he was way more, um, he was just like, had studied those programs. I was more of like a sampler hip-hop producer kid when I met him and then he introduced me to all that shit I was like what the fuck you can just like <laughs> plug just plug and play like you could be playing some shit and like digitally like rearranging the all the plugins and shit that shit was so fun dude uh yeah we used it on a couple of these on a couple of these songs but uh, but yeah like this one was just like all samples and I played the piano part but uh, it sounds like Jarrett playing drums but it's a, a 
it's a sample from this band Auto Lex. I don't okay. Know if you guys, I don't know if you guys remember Auto Lex, but they I had love Auto Lex. Ass. Yeah. Yeah, they had a sick fucking drum. Like the drums were always so dope. Carla's amazing. And so I, I, yeah, I took one of their breaks for this track and just chopped it the fuck up. <laughs> and I was like, their drums are too good. Like, so I, I had to use that shit for. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, this was, I think this is the only one that no one plays on. Most, most of them have, have homies on, have guests, but, but yeah. It's a trumpet by H- Kelly Hangout. Oh yeah, that is Kelly. It's playing in the background. Yeah, Kelly Hangout. What up, Kel? Yeah, he played on a couple songs, and his brothers are all super talented musicians too i think um yep. patrick patrick plays on cool fire control on the actual song cool fire control from that record patrick hangour what up and um yeah like zach hangour all the hangours were really influential for me too actually the whole family is super talented what up zach what up brendan um but yeah we were all kind of Making weird shit, like, I feel like those guys recorded up there a lot, too, like, different projects, but Lawrence was just, like, a hotbed for just really talented Uh, people. It still is, you know, but we were in a heyday, because all these hip-hop kids kind of just, like, sprung out of nowhere. (laughs) Shit was awesome. (laughs) It was, like, a, it was definitely a heyday for hip-hop back in the 2000s. But yeah, like these beats were kind of just beats that I didn't really know what to. I was like, it could be instrumental, but you could sing on it. I, I, it was a lot of stuff. Uh, maybe I made for Archetype or Blackout Gorgeous, and then I didn't see how it fit with that. And I would just make some, you know, get Jared's opinion, see where it went. But, but like Dash was always around too, and he's such a musical genius. Like we always had access to. Like all you DJ not a DJ guys, like you're, you know, it was just co- it was just a cool time. Like all those hang hours, the Range Life kids, and like Dre, like Adrian, and like yeah, like it was just like it always has been a hotbed for music there. But I miss that shit, man. I miss Lawrence for show. <laughs> so many good venues and outlets. Fucking KJ. You're back. You, you, well, you were back for a little while. So I yeah, I got in like, there for a couple months, like while the yeah. fires, all the smoke and shit out here in, in the yeah. bay. I, I, I escaped back to back to Lawrence, man. That was dope. This actually, this this song is kind of like a apocalyptic. It's like kind of about the end of the world. And like, I was just, I was just like going through all this fucked up shit at the time and it was like Bush was president it was like the worst ever and like I was like in and this is it applies to the Trump era too but I was like in this in this darkness like like you knock my daylights out basically it's like in this blue ruin like in this horrible time like as long as I see this this person that brings the sunshine, like I forget about all the like world's troubles, you know. Like that was kind of like it was like the world's ending. But as long as this person is in my life, like I think I'll be all right. That's, that was kind of like the sentiment, and I, 
It applies today, too, when I listen to this shit. I'm like, damn, I know. I feel that same way about certain people. I'm like, there's so much horrible shit happening, but as long as I got my people, you know? As long as I got, like, my homies to shed light on certain things, ideas, and share, share ideas, and just try to keep this shit going. You know, with my people, it's like, I don't want, I don't need to be famous or even get fucking rich off this shit. It'd be cool to be able to, like, make a living out of it, but whatever. Like, I've been saying that my whole life. I've always had to have a job. It's like, fuck it. Like, I'll keep doing this shit no matter what. That's for real, man. You know, I'm, I'm, one day I'll get, yeah, some license. Yeah, get a couple G's here and there from some licenses. Yeah, yeah. You know, the more we can... When, the more we can uh, just share our shit with each other and just try to, you know, just and you just gotta the, keep keep pushing yeah, forward, make, man. Being like tree, yourself, make the connections bigger. Like keep, you know, spreading the, just spreading it all, spreading all the ideas, and that's what it's all about, you know. Like being in Cali, I feel like it's like damn i i i'm i really do miss that camaraderie though which is like the lawrence small town kansas city vibes like all the homies would always be at the same shows and it was just like when i moved here it was like that all ended like i had like my built-in little crew like mc infinite and uh this producer beatboxer named syzygy who's like super sick beat maker too but yeah like back there we had like so much access to like just sick ass players different musicians and different styles and just like jazz and blues and it's like lawrence is such a hotbed like casey's such an epic place man i really do, do miss all that shit <laughs> like wholeheartedly you know miss all the homies but uh, but yeah, dude, that that was fun. Uh, I, we didn't even. I was just blabbing. I hope I just wasn't fucking <laughs> talking over the whole goddamn. It looks. T- the yeah, way man, it- we heard we heard some. We had some heard some great stuff, and like the way Howie edits it. Um, yeah, there's it some good, good goes stories out, in it, there it, and it, shit. It, it, they'll, they'll be, you'll hear uh, a lot of the tracks, but that just gives uh, you know people a reason to go actually. Like, no, that's by the, cool. By the record now, man. Like I listen to these tracks uninterrupted. Yeah. I know, yeah. We uh and the thing is, like, I always feel like I'm way behind on releasing albums. It's like as an artist it's hard nowadays it's way easier to be like, Oh, this is done, bam, put it out. But like like you know, in the two thousands it really was a lot different with everything back then. So it was kind of one of those. I'm glad it finally got put out, and I feel like it's still like really relevant to like my vibe and feeling of the my outlook on the world has changed a little bit, but it's pretty much the same. Just like be good to everyone you can and spread love. You know, that's pretty much like <laughs> it's like you know. I don't know. It's like nothing really is much different except I don't have like all those beautiful, talented people to collab with. It's just like the fucking pandemic everything is internet so i appreciate i appreciate you reaching reaching out to me on the internets because i'm just <laughs> oh, like yeah, in man. here like in here like did anyone hear that album i don't <laughs> fucking know shit i've been in this in this room making beats and shit like, i don't even know if anyone heard it but 
I'm glad you guys are feeling it. <laughs> well, that's the idea behind it, man. It's just to kind of sit, get together, yeah. and like be able to discuss. Um, yeah, it's whatever. Fun. I see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the whole thing. I mean, it was a one-off. Uh, Nate and I just uh, we did the first one to promote a record that we made. That's it. And it was just it was just going to be the one. Like we weren't really thinking about starting a show or anything. And uh, but we had Royce on, and we had so much fun. It was just like, well, we should try another one of these and see where it goes. That's tight, dude. I love it. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been fun. Chatting well, yeah, guys. and there will be a part two to this uh, cool fire control. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd love that. Got to get Jared on the on the line because yeah, he's more of a the technical wizard. I just I just shoot him ideas and he shoots them down if he doesn't like. <laughs> 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 Luckily, he usually is into it, but uh, but yeah, I, I I can't wait. That'll be fun, man. But yeah, check out the records and. Uh, you know, shout out approach. He he's a a good dude that helped me um, kind of realize my potential as a lyricist and and singer too. Like he was always pushing me to do shit, and he uh, he arranged these two records. Approach was the one that I like gave him all these okay. songs, and he was like, "Okay, you should either make it into two albums or make it." three eps and i was like okay well we'll see when the time comes but will you just arrange it until then like figure out how it works together and so he he's the one that made it kind of into like two albums it was like 18 songs i think when it was finished and he's he was kind of like okay this is two records see how you and it totally worked how he, he's like a genius when it comes to like <laughs> arranging albums he sees things kind of like i do like a movie and it kind of I like he, when he put it together i was like don't i had i made no adjustments you know i was like yeah that's that's it and so that's what became like the two records so i'm glad we finally got to put it out and like put our names on it and be like Remember, we did that shit. Like, it finally came out, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> we finally got it out there. And since we've put out so many albums, but this was always on the back burner. So, so thanks, Datora. You know, thanks all those cats, man. The show. So people can find it at uh, nezbeat.bandcamp.com. That's N-E-Z-B-E-A-T.bandcamp.com. Nez, where else can people find you? Either you know, streaming or social media. Or... Oh well, um, you know, I'm always putting out new music on my SoundCloud, which is it's a uh, SoundCloud dot uh, com backslash Nez Beats with an S plural, um, and then you know, I'm sure you can just find me on any digital apple or google play or whatever you use spotify it's all on there if you if you uh look up nesbeat without an s just n-e-z-b-e-a-t on any digital platform you'll see it and also um what else nesbeat bandcamp soundcloud spotify yeah apple it's all on there you should be able to find most of that shit and if not youtube you can always find like some of the records that maybe we made like a four year four year deal with like 
whichever distribution company. Like, for instance, me and Nomi, uh, Nomi Superstar had this record that came out. It was out from 2016 until last year, and then it got pulled because I guess, I guess, unbeknownst to me, we made a four-year contract or something. So like, it's not even up on on any of the <laughs> shit anymore. But uh, it's kind of cool because it was like exclusive. Like you could have bought it if you were in the know. But if you want to hit me up, like just email me. I'll send it to you. But I think it's still on YouTube. It's called First Contact. That's like my newest collaboration album it's with the south african singer who i adore and like we're working on some new shit so yeah if you just uh spotify or apple music my name you'll usually find my newest shit but if not check out youtube you know sounds good and we'll see you back soon uh for the other half of this uh sort of double album cool fire control i look forward i look forward to it thank thank you guys for your time Cool. Later, Ness. Thank you for your time, man. Bye. <laughs>